And welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Future Brew right here on maizeandbrew.com. I am Vaughn Lozon. Joining me, as always, John Simmons, recruiting uh, expert, whatever you want to call yourself, John. Uh, you're, you're the five-tool player now of uh, Maize and Brew's recruiting efforts. John, how are you doing, my friend? It's, uh, it's cold over here in Michigan. How is it in New York? Yeah, I'm lucky to not have broken my neck the last couple of days with the amount of ice that's all over the ground here. So just hope it melts soon. Yeah, you and I both, because last week there were a couple incidents when I was at my full-time employment where I was pretty much on ice skates <laughs> and I was mm-hmm. just uh, praying and hoping that I wasn't going to fall on my ass and, and make a fool out of myself. I did not. I uh, was able to keep my balance for the most part and did not have any incidents at the workplace. So that uh, is always a good thing. Definitely want to keep that at an all-time low. Uh, Today, however, we're going to stick with football recruiting since it's been a a huge emphasis lately and uh, continues to be a huge emphasis, even in the midst of all the Harbaugh rumors, which we will not be discussing whatsoever today because that is just a waste of time. Instead, we are going to talk about uh, how recruiting could be affected by a coach who's already gone, and that is defensive line coach Sean Nua. He took the same position with Lincoln Riley at USC, so he has now moved back to the West Coast. Michigan now has that void to fill. Uh, for the defensive line coach, it'll be interesting to see who they get. I know there have been some rumors of the Texas A&M coach. Uh, there are obviously no reports to indicate that is for sure happening. Uh, so we will just uh, kind of speculate uh, in, in a broader sense here of how recruiting could be affected uh, with Sean Nua now uh, no longer the defensive line coach at U of M because there were some uh, pretty top targets here uh, within the top 100 uh, along the defensive line that uh, Michigan's been going after for quite a while. A lot of guys to be excited about. And I would anticipate that a lot of this interest is uh, uh, due to the fact that guys like Aiden Hutchinson, guys like David Ajabo, uh, Chris Hitton now going off to the NFL in this year's draft uh, all had really good seasons. And you, you throw in some other guys like Mozzie Smith. He played very well. Um, I liked how Mike Morris looked uh, when he had his time uh, along the defensive line this past year. A lot of these guys uh, were feasting. And I I think a lot of that has to do with, um, you know, a lot of these defensive linemen in the 23 class who have a lot of interest in Michigan uh, for this recruiting cycle. And honestly, I I don't really see, and this is just my thoughts, and I'll ask for yours here in just a sec, John. I don't really see Sean Nua leaving, affecting recruiting a ton in the grand scheme of things. Uh, at least along the defensive line, because the one player that I do see it kind of having an impact on (laughs) is actually an offensive lineman. And that is the number seven overall player in the 2023 class, according to 24 seven sports is composite. And that is Francis Maui Goa, who is six, six, three, 25 plays offensive tackle for IMG Academy. He had really been the one uh, facilitating this entire recruitment for U of M's uh, involvement here. And I think that Sean Nua leaving for USC 
uh, it definitely hurts Michigan's chances and definitely ups USC's chances uh, to land the five-star prospect. USC was already uh, recruiting him very hard, and I imagine that they're going to be amp- amping up those uh, endeavors now that Sean Nua is a member of the USC coaching staff. So, uh, John, I just want to get your your take on uh, Francis Maui Goa and just the uh, the I guess in general how you think it could or could not affect recruiting. Uh, for Michigan uh, in this 23 class. Yeah, it's a bummer to lose him. I think he had done a good job, um, even though he's really tasked with the interior defensive line, even more so than the edges. Um, and I'm sure we'll get to who's responsible for them later. Um, but, you know, you really, after not recruiting as many defensive tackles or as, you know, as heavy of defensive tackles as Michigan fans would have liked under Don Brown, um, once I hired Mike McDonald, you kind of could see uh, Nua's uh, potential as a recruiter kind of opened up. You know, he gets Kenneth Grant, who is well over 300 pounds and is kind of a nose tackle type. Um, you know, that's someone that Michigan probably never would have gone after under the previous regime. So um, and then he landed helped land Mason Graham um, out of California, who's one of the best risers one of the biggest risers uh, of the cycle here. So I think he did a good job identifying talent and locking up some key pieces there. Um, So I think it'll definitely be a tough to replace overall, but um, in terms of uh, Maoyaga in 23, I think, yeah, it's pretty much a lock. He's going to go to USC now. I think it would have been a tough pull from there before. And now if you add Nua in there, who he had that strong connection with, it's going to be tough. Um, So uh, I'm not really counting on Michigan's chances there anymore. Yeah, I kind of think that one may be over with. I, I, I'm i not going to say there's a 0% chance because there's never really a 0% chance when it comes to recruiting, but I'm going to put it at a minuscule like 1%. I'll give them a 1% chance to, uh, to land him and probably around that same percentage to even be involved in this recruitment moving forward because that was Sean Newa's guy and vice versa. So that's really the reason why Michigan got involved there in the first place was because of him. So I would imagine that he'll probably stick out West. He'll probably go to one of the schools that like, like you had mentioned, USC is probably going to be the front runner there. Uh, I would imagine. So uh, just because of the connections that they have out West there already with Sean Newa being a, now at USC, I think that's uh, going to be really tough to overcome for any school. Um, you know, Alabama, Michigan, Oregon being the other West Coast school that's really been involved there. So I, I would imagine USC is probably uh, the school to to beat now in that recruitment. But just from the defensive line standpoint, and you bring up a solid point as well about how he really only managed the interior defensive linemen. And Orion Osborne was kind of responsible for the edges and the outside linebackers like the David Ojabo types um, along the defensive line for Michigan this past season. And uh, as far as like the interior defensive line is concerned for recruiting, they've already got one committed in Joel Starlings, who's at 6'5", 310. Um, you probably imagine that they would want him to be one of those interior defensive linemen um, unless they want him to lose weight, which I, I wouldn't anticipate them want, uh, wanting him to do that. Um, uh, but there was a uh, an interesting tweet that he had um, not super long ago, kind of around the same time that uh, th- this whole Sean Nua news uh, ended up coming out that he was going to USC. And it didn't really seem like he was very pleased with 
with the news. Now, he didn't flat out say that's what he was referring to, uh, but it, it, it was kind of kind of clear to me, at least, that, uh, it, you know, Sean knew leaving. It could have an impact on him. His recruitment kind of seems like it's going to be an up and down uh, roller coaster kind of all the way through anyways, even though he is committed to U of M at this point. Um, he, he's just been a very interesting follow if you've been following that recruitment uh, since he's been committed. Uh, but I, I think it could impact a guy like him and some of these other defensive linemen. I saw an article uh, from uh, 24-7 Sports. I believe it was Jalen Thompson uh, who was interviewed. Uh, it didn't really seem like uh, he was too thrilled that Sean Nua had left. Um, and I can't remember now specifically if it was 24-7 or, or on three. It was one of those two, but it, it didn't really seem like he was too thrilled that Sean Nua was leaving. Uh, but even though he's more of like a an edge prospect, uh, it'll certainly be interesting to see how that recruitment goes moving forward. But just a few other guys, John, I just wanted to get your take on if any of these like quote unquote top targets along the defensive line uh, that you think would be impacted by Sean Nua leaving. Like, let's just say, uh, for example, uh, one of their top targets along the interior is a Sidear Mitchell, who we'll talk more about in the next segment. Uh, from New Jersey, he's at six five three twenty four. Certainly, a, a defensive tackle all the way through. Do you think it would have an impact on a guy like him, who they've kind of been recruiting for? I don't know. It seems like a couple of years at this point that they've managed to build and maintain this relationship. Uh, do you think him leaving will have a huge impact on Sidear Mitchell, for example, or any of these other guys? Yeah, I mean, sure. There's always going to be an impact when the guy um, who coaches your position. Uh, leaves, but I think someone like Sidir Mitchell can be, you know, those can be smoothed out. Um, you know, it's it just the matter of fact of keeping the communication up, um, not letting it lapse because a coach leaves, having someone else take it over um, and keep that relationship building. So um, I think with everyone else, there's not really that personal connection, really, like looking down their list of targets, who I don't really think any of them else have specifically called out uh, Nua as like the reason they're interested in Michigan, you know? So um, I think whoever uh, Michigan hires next to take over that spot, I think we'll be able to uh, um, pick up the slack there and kind of keep it going. I think it just has to be sooner rather than later, hopefully. Um, but, you know, if they'd hire Ryan Osborne from uh, inside the program, I think it'd help that keep that continuity going. Uh, but you know, there's also some bigger targets are kicking around. So we'll just have to see where they go with it. Yeah, I think so too. I, I think the continuity definitely would be nice with Ryan Osborne. He's certainly had an impact uh, positively on the recruiting trail since he's kind of been familiar with a lot of these recruits that they've been going after. And he hasn't been an on-field coach by any means, uh, but he's certainly had uh, a positive impact on the recruiting trail for the Wolverine. So we'll, yeah, we'll see if he ends up getting the position, if they end up going elsewhere, like with the rumor of the A&M coach, uh, Texas A&M. So it'll be really interesting to monitor here, but uh, honestly, I, I think if, and, and I'll get your take on this too, John is if there were a position coach for Michigan to lose uh, that it would have impact the least on the recruiting trail, I think it would be Sean Nua and that's no disrespect to him. 
because I do think that he is a good developer of talent. And I think he does connect and bond well with a lot of these guys on the recruiting trail. But I think if you're going to take away one of those guys, I, I would rather them take Sean Newell away than take away Ron Bellamy, for example, or uh, Steve Klinkscale, uh, for example. I, I, I think the, the, the loss of Sean Newell can be, uh, I guess, more easily replaced than a guy like Steve Klinkscale or uh, even Josh Gaddis. He's been a really good recruiter uh, for the University of Michigan. So I'll, I'll get your take on that real quick, John, and then we can move on to our next segment of uh, you know just getting your broad uh, opinion on uh, you know if you took one recruiter away, would, would it be Sean Nua or would it be somebody else? Um, I think I would pick Matt Weiss just because the quarterbacks coach is usually doesn't really have to recruit much. They get, you know, most teams just take one a year. Um, Michigan did take two this year, so maybe had a little extra, but usually they don't um, show up a lot in recruiting. I think Weiss does a little bit more than um, when McDaniels was here. Uh, the last coach, he certainly didn't recruit as much. Yeah. Um, but I think just the nature of the position makes the quarterback coach usually not that involved in recruiting. So I'd say he would be the only other one. Yeah, I I, th- I think that's a fair point as well. Um, I, I think it'll be particularly important for Dante Moore in this cycle, um, uh, the twenty three cycle, just because he had been clamoring to uh, to meet with Matt Weiss, uh, the quarterbacks coach. But but yeah, I, I, do, I certainly do understand what you are saying as far as the amount of guys that they have to communicate with and and go out of their way to form a bond with. It's, it's certainly certainly a, an argument to be made. Uh, for for sure, but but yeah, I think uh, I think that's all we really got for Sean Nua. Uh, certainly wish him well with his uh, defensive line coaching gig out at USC. Uh, certainly will be missed by Michigan and and all the guys here uh, that he recruited and developed. Uh, but uh, you know, like I said, it, it's certainly a thing that uh, on the recruiting trail and and for a position coach, it, it's a replaceable one. So I, I wouldn't. Uh, you know, freak out by any means. I don't think the 2023 defensive line recruits are, are going to be walking out the door because Sean Nua did the same thing. Um, so I would uh, keep your head held high uh, in that regard. So yeah, we'll, we'll move on here. Uh, we'll take a quick break and then we're going to talk about uh, this upcoming weekend because there are a, a, a pretty good amount of 23 guys. And there are a couple guys in the 22 class as well uh, who are going to be taking visits to U of M. So stick around. We will be right back. And we are back, everybody. Thanks for sticking around. We're going to wrap up the podcast today um, uh, talking about these guys who are going to be visiting um, Ann Arbor this weekend. It is going to be the first weekend post dead period that recruits can come uh, visit college campuses and interact with the coaches, do all of the glitz and glamour that is a visit weekend and Michigan is uh, trying to make it as big as they can. So obviously with every visitors list, John will have the full visitors list on Friday as he always does. Uh, but as of right now, these are the guys that are confirmed. This will probably change with additions and subtractions because that's just how this always happens. Um, you can never anticipate when plans fall through or if a kid is able to show up when he didn't originally think he would be able to show up. So there are two guys in the 22 class, at least according to 24-7, uh, who are going to be visiting 
this weekend. And uh, I don't know if these are of the official visit status. I would imagine they probably are. And John, if you have that knowledge, you can uh, chime in here. But Xavier Chaplin is uh, the offensive line recruit that is going to be visiting from the 22 class. He is uh, a three-star committed to Virginia Tech. He stands at 6'6", and he is uh, a mammoth human being at 355 pounds. He's from South Carolina. Uh, He's been committed to Virginia Tech since last July, so it's going to probably take a a decent amount to uh, lure him away from the Hokies. Obviously, on paper, Michigan is the best school that has offered him, so perhaps that might be enough. Uh, to swing the pendulum in that recruitment. And then also, according to 24-7 Sports, Andrew Paul, the uh, three-star running back from Dallas, Texas, is going to be visiting this weekend as well. Uh, This is definitely a more recent development here. Michigan offered him uh, the day after Christmas uh, just a few weeks ago and already scheduled this official visit to Michigan. Um, since he got the offer from Michigan, he has also picked up a few other really good ones. Washington, uh, lo and behold, Courtney Morgan is trying to take away a guy that Michigan's going after. So Washington ended up offering him three days after the Washington offer. He got one from Clemson. And then one day after that, he got one from Notre Dame. So this is a, a recruit, or I guess both of these guys are in the uh, top 1,200. So they're not high-ranked guys by any means, but Andrew Paul is certainly blowing up on the recruiting trail after his monster uh, senior season in which he had over 2,600 rushing yards and 41 touchdowns. He also had three receiving touchdowns, uh, 14 catches, 208 yards. So uh, I'll toss it over to you, John. Uh, The guy that I'm particularly excited about here is Andrew Paul, just because of the way that he finished his high school career. I mean, anytime that you can get that many rushing touchdowns as a running back, um, I'm honestly surprised that he hadn't really blown up sooner than what he did. Uh, but sooner is better than never. Uh, so uh, being able to lure a guy this late in the cycle after a uh, really, really good senior season, that would be awesome. So I'll, I'll toss it over to you for Andrew Paul and then also Xavier Chaplin, my friend, John. Yeah, I think I'm definitely more excited about Paul, given um, how much he's kind of uh, getting attention on the trail right now. I think it's another good evaluation by Michigan at running back. They've been good with those so far. And, uh, you know, seeing Notre Dame and Clemson definitely makes you feel better about your uh, feelings about him that some other schools with uh, pretty good running back traditions in recent years um, also see that in in Paul. So he's going to be um, an exciting one. You know, what Michigan offered, he basically said he was – 100% taking the official to Michigan. Um, but that was before, I mean, he's taken the official, but he picked up all these offers since then. So we'll see how the calculus has changed with him. Um, if Michigan is still the leader or if these new uh, offers have, you know, kind of uh, swayed his attention more towards them. So that'll be an interesting one to follow for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm anytime that a guy that can blow up like that is senior season, you've got my attention. No matter what it looked like your sophomore or junior year, I'm certainly keeping my eye on him uh, as as the the next month or so kind of progress with his recruitment. Because, I mean, he had some some modest sophomore and junior seasons there. I mean, 883 yards his sophomore season for 11 touchdowns and then 747 rushing yards and 10 touchdowns uh, in the 2020 season. 
but yeah, this <laughs> this senior season compared to those, I mean, he just absolutely knocked it out of the park. As far as uh, Chaplin goes, uh, the offensive lineman here, I, I think they this is certainly a contingency plan. It, it seems like for if Josh Connerly doesn't uh, come through here, uh, but the thing is with that is that Connerly is going to be waiting until after the February signing period to make his decision. As far as I know, Chaplin's going to be signing in February. So they've got to kind of make a decision here quickly if they would want to take both Chaplin and Connerly, which I would imagine they probably would because Connerly is just one of those guys that you take no matter what. Um, but yeah, it'll be really interesting, interesting to see how that plays out and uh, if Michigan actually ends up wanting to take him uh, after this weekend, if they end up really pulling the trigger there. And I know that they offered him back in August originally. Um, I don't know if it was a committable offer at that point. I don't know if it's a committable offer at this point, but I think we'll know a hell of a lot more after this weekend, um, You know how all of that plays out here. Uh, let's move on to a few other guys that are for sure going to be on campus this weekend. Um, let's just start with uh, one of the top guys here. And uh, that's a fringe in the top 50. His name is Derek Williams. He is a safety from Louisiana. Uh, definitely getting the Ron Bellamy treatment here, uh, being a Louisiana kid. He's 6'2", 185, is number 51 on the 24-7 sports composite. The number four player in the state of Louisiana. Number three pl- uh, player at the safety position. Has one prediction in uh, for LSU also has offers from pretty much all of the SEC. Uh, so you can imagine that this is going to be a, an uphill battle for Michigan. But uh, the fact that he is unofficially visiting, coming up on his own dime uh, in the middle of January, when uh, it's it's about 20 degrees on average outside, um, it, to me at least, really speaks the volumes of how interested he really is in Michigan. I think Ron Bellamy has a huge uh, effect in this recruitment. Michigan offered him back uh, last April. So they've been going after him for a really, really long time. So I would say, I would I would at least guess that he's among the top options at the safety position in this class. I think they can be selective with the guys that they take in the secondary in this class. So John, you might as well go swinging for the fences and take one of the guys that you think's one of the best talents in the class. Yeah, I never really have confidence about Michigan getting someone from <clears throat> Louisiana, um, especially a top 50-ish type player. Um, but Ron Bellamy is the one coach I think that could uh, pull it off if he wanted to, given his connections from the area. He's from there. Um, you know, he got Amorian Walker, um, but that was away from Notre Dame rather than from LSU. So that's just a whole different beast, you know, down there. Um, we'll see how Brian Kelly does recruiting in his uh, first year in Louisiana. But uh, yeah, any guy from Louisiana is going to be a little tough to pull. So we'll see how uh, after the visit, if it moves the needle or not for him. Another safety visiting uh, this weekend in Ann Arbor going to be Jair Hill, who is a little bit more local, not quite in the state of Michigan, but he's from a suburb of Chicago from Kankakee, Illinois, uh, he is a three-star prospect. He's 6'3", 180, number 375 on the composite. Uh, already a crystal ball in for Michigan uh, that was put in last month by Steve Lorenz. Um, has some other pretty good offers as well. Illinois is a major factor here in his recruitment. Michigan State, Notre Dame, 
Penn State, Wisconsin, Washington, all offering him as well. Um, they've been recruiting this guy, uh, Hill, for, for quite a long time. So I would venture to say that uh, along with uh, Williams, probably among the top targets at the safety position, could probably play corner as well. I think he has the versatility to do that. Um, but, John, this is another top target. He's visiting Ann Arbor, uh, I believe, for the first time. So this is another major step in this recruitment. And uh, I believe E.J. Holland from the on three, uh, the Wolverine, also put a prediction in for Michigan. Um, I don't think anything is like directly imminent here, uh, but it certainly seems to be going in the right direction for Michigan uh, as of right now. Yeah, I think he's a guy that the staff really, really likes. So, um, and I think kind of the word on him is that he is a potential riser in the rankings. So that's good to see um, that Michigan's kind of jumped out to a lead there. Um, it's I think they've done really well in Illinois um, with the helps of Sharon Moore. Um, so he is definitely a good uh, candidate to join the class at some point um, and also to kind of see a rise up from the three-star ranking. So good combination. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I think he's at least in the top 250. Um, I, I really like what he brings to the table as far as the versatility and, and the length. And, uh, you know, I, I don't have verified speeds here. Um, and that would be another thing that I would be interested in gathering. But as far as the versatility, being able to play corner or safety, I always uh, take that uh, from a member of the secondary. Moving on to a few defensive linemen here. And we already talked about Sidear Mitchell in the last segment, the interior defensive lineman uh, from New Jersey. Bergen Catholic is certainly a place that Jim Harbaugh and Michigan are familiar with. Uh, he's number 229 on the composite, certainly among the top targets for Michigan uh, in this 2023 class. So even with the departure of NUA, uh, certainly good to see that he is uh, going to be on campus this weekend. Another guy here in the top 100 is Derek LeBlanc. He is more of your uh, uh, in-between type prospect, at, l- at least as of right now. He's from uh, Kissimmee, Florida. He's 6'4", 250, uh, number 84 on the composite. There is a prediction from Steve Wiltfong uh, for Ohio State. So uh, don't take that as like the Buckeyes lead because Steve Wiltfong's crystal balls are always like, you know, it's just the pulse on the recruitment as of now. So I don't think that there's anything imminent happening uh, with his recruitment either. And then another recruit in the top 100 who happens to be Derek LeBlanc's teammate is uh, uh, John Walker at 6'4", 280, uh, number 99 on the composite, uh, number 17 defensive lineman, number 20 uh, in the state of Florida. And Michigan's pretty much battling all of the SEC and uh, the Ohio States, the Penn States of the world uh, for these two guys. So. Yeah, I, honestly, John, I really like these D linemen that they've been able to uh, recruit and um, kind of scout early on in this 23 class. I think this is really one of the first classes under Jim Harbaugh where they've really hit the ground running on the juniors really, really hard. And it, this just goes to show that being able to just put in a little bit extra work uh, goes a long way when you're able to get guys like these, especially two top 100 players in the state of Florida to unofficially visit, uh, go out of their way to come up to Ann Arbor uh, when it is, uh, according to my laptop right now, it's 15 degrees Fahrenheit outside, uh, really speaks to the level of interest that they have and uh, the legitimate chance that Michigan would have to uh, potentially eventually land them. So really excited about these three guys here. 
Yeah, these are uh, guys I don't think I would typically see in a visitors list this time of year, like this early in the cycle. Um, so, yeah, Michigan's done a good job with them. This, I mean, the two from Florida will definitely be impacted by Sean Nua um, leaving. So um, it'll be, you know, important for the staff to kind of make sure they're still loved up and uh, have that point of contact with the staff um, while they're on campus and before and after. So um, we'll see how where it goes with them. Um, Caden Green's an interesting prospect for sure. Um, I think it's a little tough since Oklahoma kept Bill Bedenbaugh. Um, Lincoln Riley didn't hire him away f- with USC. So, um, you know, his reputation is one of the best O-line coaches in the country. So um, if they already had a lead, it'll be kind of tough to get him away. But who knows? Maybe Brent Venables has changed it a little bit, but we'll see. Yeah, Caden Green, another guy I'm really excited about too at 6'5", 310, another top 100 prospect um, at number 68 on the composite, number seven offensive tackle from the state of Missouri. Yeah, there's going to be some stiff competition here for Caden Green, but yeah, Michigan's going to have a legitimate chance here, I think, with Caden Green. I think if Sharon Moore uh, ends up going the extra mile for him, I think Michigan will have a, leg- a legitimate shot to land him. And again, uh, like you mentioned, Oklahoma is certainly a major factor here, uh, as are many of the SEC schools that you uh, probably would uh, understand why they're recruiting a top 100 prospect. But then also uh, he's got offers from USC, Notre Dame, uh, at, at Wisconsin. Um, Iowa is also a, a major factor in this recruitment. So um, that, that's going to be one of the old linemen that I'm particularly interested in to see how it plays out in this recruitment uh, or in this recruiting class, I should say. And then another offensive lineman, John, uh, who's going to be taking a visit to Michigan this weekend is Antonio Tripp, who is more of your uh, interior offensive line prospect, whether that be at guard or center. Uh, He is a four-star prospect from the state of Maryland, uh, from Owens Mills, Maryland. He is 309 on the composite, the number 20 interior offensive line a prospect in the country and there are three crystal balls in for Penn state. So it seems like the Nittany lions are the school to beat here. Uh, but honestly, I, I think if uh, Michigan ends up losing out to Antonio trip to a school like Penn state, or I guess really any school, I, I don't think it's a huge problem. I think they should be more focused on tackles uh, in this in 2023 class, but obviously you want to get at least one guard, um, preferably two, you, you would always want to take at least two of each in every cycle. But I, I think the main focus at this point probably should be at tackle. Uh, but I certainly wouldn't be opposed to having a four-star uh, guard or center commit to the uh, program either, John. Yeah. Tripp is, uh, looks, I like him uh, a lot as a prospect. I think uh, Penn state is going to be tough to beat. They're always uh, kind of have that stranglehold on the DMV for most of their guys, that's where they get a lot of their talent. So, you know, the early crystal balls uh, for a trip kind of reflect that, but Michigan has a chance here to kind of push back, um, you know, Biff Pogey's on staff and has a lot of ties to the area. Um, as we saw last cycle, you know, getting Derek Moore at the last minute. So um, I think that will definitely help Michigan's case here. Um, so you just got to get them on campus and see from there. And finally wrapping up here, for the guys that as of right now, we anticipate coming to Ann Arbor, a couple in-state guys, one of them already committed to the program. That is Samaj Morgan, the 
three-star wide receiver from West Bloomfield. He's a 5'10", 175, has been committed since the beginning of December. And then a really interesting prospect in my eyes, John, and I'm, I'm very curious to hear uh, how you think of this guy, is Cole Cabana, who is from Dexter, Michigan, not too far from Ann Arbor. He is a running back, three-star guy, uh, the number seven player in the state of Michigan, number 361 overall. He's six foot 180, and an astounding five crystal ball predictions are in, and they are all for the Michigan State Spartans. So the fact that he's uh, allegedly a huge Michigan State lean, going to be visiting Ann Arbor this weekend, the first weekend that any prospect can visit any school uh, since the dead period uh, is just going to be wrapping up here. I think it really goes to show how interested he's in in Michigan, and it's no disrespect towards MSU. I think he does have legitimate interest in MSU, so perhaps it's just that he wants to go visit a different school that he hasn't uh, been to as much as Michigan State. Uh, I, I don't really know here, but as a prospect, John, uh, what do you think of Cole Cabana and what do you think of him visiting Michigan while he has five crystal balls for the Spartans at this very moment? Yeah, I think uh, it's he's this isn't the first time he's uh, gone to Michigan before. So I think he definitely wants um, that Michigan interest. He doesn't have an offer still yet from the staff. So I think that's what he's hoping to get. Um, you know, his main trait, what he's known for is his speed. He's like a really fast um, guy. So that's kind of what he relies on. Um, so I think Michigan is kind of more in the market for a bruiser, like a big thunder guy instead of a lightning guy with uh, Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum on their roster right now. So um, I'm not sure if they see him totally as a fit right now, but um if he keeps coming on visits, he'll eventually convince them and get and earn that offer. But uh, that, uh, you know, he could or he could not. But Michigan, that's, I think, is why Michigan State has seemed to have jumped out for such a big lead right now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very fair. Um, you know, if Michigan hasn't offered him, then you can certainly understand why uh, he would want to go out of his way and, and kind of try and uh, get into the the coach's ears a little bit more and uh, try and get that interest from the coaches. And yeah, I think you're right. I think they more uh, more so are in the running for a bruiser running back as opposed to uh, a lightning guy. But you never know. I mean, they could go after two uh, yet again if, uh, you know, a thing like Andrew Paul in the 22 class doesn't work out. Perhaps they end up taking two in this 23 class. So it's going to be really interesting to monitor that one, see how that goes. And, you know, if he does get a Michigan offer uh, that, that would likely shake up that recruitment there. So uh, uh, those, that's those really all the guys that we got to cover today who are going to be visiting Ann Arbor this weekend. Of course, that will obviously change whether it's an addition or a subtraction as the week goes on, things change uh, by the minute in recruiting, whether it comes to visits or, commitments or whatever the case may be recruiting changes all the time it's 24 7 business so uh, those are just the guys that we have for you today and uh, like I said John will whip up a a visitors list uh, for the website on Friday is when that will be posted just so we get the very latest and up-to-date recruits and information there so be on the lookout for that on Friday Uh, in the meantime you can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon John, where are you at, buddy? At Simmons underscore John. 
And follow Maze and Brew on whatever social media platform you have, whether it be Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're on those. You can also uh, give us five-star reviews if you so choose. We would certainly appreciate that support. Go check out the YouTube channel where we're posting some of our video podcasts with uh, uh, the Blue by 90 guys uh, every week. They're uh, putting out a video podcast on the YouTube channel. Uh, as does the Brewcast podcast. That'll be there as well. And uh, yeah, go uh, subscribe, do all that good stuff. We would certainly appreciate all the support that you would be willing to give us uh, because that's just how we keep things afloat here. And we really do appreciate you guys listening, subscribing, tuning in every single week. Uh, it, it really means a lot to us. So thank you very much. And uh, we would love that continued support. So from John Simmons, I am Vaughn Lozon. We will be back next week with another edition of Future Brew. Until then, go blue.